Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Thanks for joining me today as we pray together. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him right away. Children, I I am still with you for a little while. You will look for me, and just as I said to the Jewish religious leaders, Where I am going, you cannot come. Now I tell you the same. I give you a new commandment to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 31 through 35. My dad worked for IBM. Because of this, I cannot remember a time when we didn't have a computer in the house. Even before computers were fun, we had computers. Early on, there was a company called The Learning Company that made educational computer games for kids. I don't think the company exists anymore, but I was a huge fan when they were around. Every once in a while, we'd get a new game, and I couldn't hardly wait for Dad to come home and install it for us. After he got it installed, a key piece of the whole equation was the sticky note. Dad would write all the commands we needed to type into the computer to launch our game onto a sticky note. When we wanted to play our game, we would climb up onto the office chair. (laughs) That's how small we were. We would grab the sticky note and carefully type all of the commands into the black screen with the blinking white cursor. But the problem was, I didn't understand any of the commands. They were just gibberish that made the computer start my game. If I typed something incorrectly, which happened a lot, I would get lost. I'd try the command again. If that didn't work, I'd have to reboot the computer and start from the beginning of the sticky note. I didn't know what else to do. Then Windows 3.1 came out in 1992. It was a game changer. Windows 3.1 was my first experience with a GUI. GUI is said like the word GUI, but it stands for Graphical User Interface. Instead of having to type into the computer to get it to do things, the computer displayed pictures. There were icons and buttons that moved and changed. Instead of having to use the command CD to change directory or LS to list the contents of the current directory, I could just click on a file folder and see everything. It made the computer much easier to use. In John 13, Jesus does the same thing. Up to that point, the way to interact with God had been through a temple system with animal sacrifices. The law was the Jewish phrase referring to the first five books of the Bible. These books detailed the temple system, the Ten Commandments, the moral code, and the way to live. There's detailed instructions on the priesthood, feasts, and religious services, and how to behave. For roughly 2,000 years, the Jewish nation had studied these books, practiced them, analyzed them, debated them, and lived them out. Sometimes they did it well, and many times they failed. It was like my dad's sticky note. It worked, but it wasn't great. Then Jesus came. In the passage of scripture above, Jesus says, Okay, boys, this is it. Everything has been leading up to this moment. I've been working and preparing for this time. Ever since the garden, God and humanity have been doing a dance, and the dramatic finish is just around the corner. So, here's the new system. This is the new law. This is now the way that you can relate with God and live out your faith. Are you ready? Here it is. Love one another. Love one another. 
Three simple words. It's interesting because Jesus says it's a new commandment, but it wasn't that new. Leviticus, one of the old books of the law, says that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. But the love Jesus is talking about goes a lot deeper than that. Instead of just loving our neighbor, Jesus calls us to even love our enemies. Instead of loving our neighbor as ourselves, Jesus calls us to love them more than ourselves. That was the whole point of the foot washing that we talked about last time. Then Jesus lived that command out by dying for us. There is no other way to love someone more than yourself. By dying for them, you prove that you think their life, your neighbor's life, has more value for you than your own life does. You're loving them more than yourself. Jesus did that for us and calls us to do the same thing for each other. That's how we can know that God is working in our lives. That's how we can see our relationship with him. It's not by church attendance. It's not by giving money. It's not by following some rules. It's not by the law. We don't have to follow the sticky note anymore. It's about love. So let me ask you, who are you loving? Usually when I ask that question, the response I hear is my family. So let me follow it with this question. Is that who Jesus called you to love? He was looking at a group of his disciples, 11 guys who founded his church. They weren't family, but they were committed to Jesus. Jesus called them not to love their families, but each other. Family love is a good thing, but following God calls us to love our fellow church members. That love inside our churches is what tells the whole world that we are followers of Jesus. So let me ask you again, who are you loving? Let's pray. Dear Father, I worship you and I praise you. Thank you for the cross. I pray that you'd show me who I am supposed to love. Show me the person in my church that I can serve like you did with your disciples. Show me how I can serve them. Give me the desire and passion to do it. And I will know that that will prove that you are working in my life if I'm loving your people. A couple questions for you as we close out today. Again, who are you loving today? How high a priority are other people in your life? How many of your top priorities, in contrast, are self-serving? And lastly, what are the concrete action steps that God is calling you to? Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time as we pray together.